Eli's nervous while we eating my cereal. No, no. <laughs> Let me just finish it really fast. What? Um, okay. Take a time. Cereal intermission. Bum, ba, dum, bum, bum. Welcome, bum, bum, welcome to the bum, bum, bum. cereal podcast, where we finish <laughs> bowls of cereal for the first time in our new this bowls that we just bought. Is cereal. This is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this you guys remember is, uh, cereal, right? The oh, co- yeah. The Corcase podcast? The first podcast I ever listened to. That ever existed. Yeah. Yeah, that was the podcast that started the wave of podcasts. I mean, it was a good podcast. No, yeah. You know what's a better podcast? What? This one. Avatar, the first Fuck movie. yeah. Uh, theme song time. Uh, what episode number are we at? That is the actual theme song. The Chase, season two, episode eight. And it's like this. Episode eight. Episode eight. The Chase. The Chase. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. And non-binary and other genders to Avatar the First Viewing. This is the podcast where we watch the show Avatar the Last Airbender from start to finish uh, with a Avatar first time watcher, first viewer. Avatar Virgin. Avatar Expert. (laughs) Avatar Virgin and Avatar, what's what's another word for not virgin? Not virgin? Not, Avatar not virgin. Avatar slut. <laughs> I'm your Avatar slut, Eli. No slut shame. Is that going to make the cut? I don't know. <laughs> this is making the cut. Oh, no. All right. Eli loves Ava- that. Eli loves that uh, Avatar. I have to, I mark this uh, podcast as explicit so that we don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to pull any of our punches. We can go all out each episode. Yeah. The, the, the show that we're watching is rated G. This podcast is rated M it's for rated R. R for M mature. Yes. A-O-N-C-17. Yeah. Unrated. Oh, you have to introduce yourselves. Yes. I'm your avatar newbie. I'm Peter. I'm Nikki, another avatar newbie and quote unquote director who's only here 10% of the time. <laughs> Nikki had to skip this episode, so she's just listening. <laughs> and here we are discussing season two, episode eight of Avatar: The First Viewing. This is the episode called "The Chase," and we always start off with our newbie recap. So, newbie, recap it up. Yep, yep. Uh, newbie recap. Yep, yep. <laughs> I love that. I love yep, that yep. Little, little sound you had. All right, so what happens this episode? Basically, Aangang is being chased by this mysterious, but obviously Fire Nation bulldozer mecha train thing. And Appa can't shake this train. And they're freaking getting cranky because they can't fall asleep. Turns out it's because Appa is shedding for the spring and they're following Appa's fur. The gang is going through a big tiff, a big riff because Toph and... I forgot all the characters' names. Not Sokka, <laughs> Katara. Toph and Katara are not getting along because uh, she's kind of a loner. Toph is kind of a loner and, and isn't getting with the team dynamic. But Katara is also being a passive-aggressive B, big B. So basically, who's in the train? It turns out it's uh, it's Azula and her two cronies, the, the two Fire Nation girls. To tr- try and shake Azula, Aang takes Appa's fur and heads in a different direction. Azula follows Aang. The other two girls follow uh, Sokka and Katara. Appa manages to kind of 
throw them into a river so that half of the crew gets away. Ang and Katara, or Ang and Azula start fighting in an abandoned ghost town when Zuko shows up, and then now it's a three-way fight. And then mm-hmm. Toph shows up, and then Katara and Sokka show up, and then they're all having a little fist fight, and then Iroh's there, and then Azula's like, I give up, psych, I'm gonna explode and <laughs> kill Iroh, and then it kind of ends suddenly. Yeah. And kind of that energy where it crescendoed out of nowhere in like a pretty cool way. It just kind of abruptly ended. I got to say, dude, th- this wasn't my favorite episode. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I won't fully shit on it, but uh, it was it was like an average, eh, it was, it was mm-hmm. a solid episode. I think it has to do with like they're, they're detached from the plot again in this episode. They, yeah. It's like an in-between sort of thing where this is all about the journey of just going, but you don't know where they're going. They're just going. Yeah. There's some character crossroads. Uh, it's more of like an inner tor- turmoil sort of episode rather than an external uh, threat. We're far away from the finale. We're kind of in the middle of the season, so it's not like Azula's going to make major moves quite yet. Yeah. So th- I think that's why it feels like a, like a, let's just get past this kind of episode. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's the first episode um, after Toph joined the crew that we see the crew because it, it was a blind bandit when we meet Toph and then it was Zuko alone when it was kind of his, you know, standalone Mandalorian reluctant warrior episode. Yeah. And then now we're back with the Ang gang. And yeah, I think they just took an episode to kind of like show how Toph fits with the team kind of. Yeah, I'm just disappointed uh, that it didn't fit in with a larger story. Yeah. The conflict of Toph and Katara is like the whole story or just Toph integrating with the group. Yeah. And I wish it could have been tied in with something larger. Like to me, th- this episode feels like a season one episode in, in terms of like how standalone it is and how like I was giving them such a pass on most things in season one just because like I was new to this the show. Season two, I feel like they they kind of got me into the habit of expecting like really good interweaving writing with plot with world development with character development and you know i think that was a little bit lacking this episode i will say they they did put in a good tough iro cool moment that was kind of <laughs> nice but also kind yeah. of like a little bit forced maybe and then uh you know they, they had a little bit of a cutesy thing between i think ty lee and Sokka, which was yep. which was kind of cute but most of it was like the bickering and passive passive and then active aggressiveness between tar and Toph. And then it was almost as if they were trying to be like, and then they get along because they work together to beat the <laughs> mutual enemy. But then they didn't even really do that. Um, yeah. Oh, so so to be clear, how it ended was Ty Lee is cornered by literally everybody. Or not Ty Lee. Uh, mean, uh, Azula. Azula. So she mm. uh, gets away by like blue Sith Lord lasering Iroh in the chest <laughs> and then exploding and then disappearing ninja-like. Um, it, it was like a magician... Yeah. Like Batman dropping a smoke bomb. And yeah. Then like, yeah Where'd yeah. he go? Yeah, yeah. It was exactly like that. And, uh, yeah. you know, Iroh. How uh, far could she have gone? No, yeah. I kind of want to harp on this a little bit. <laughs> well, it's like that's, that, you can happens. say that about any cartoon when they do that or movie. Yeah. I mean, specific magician, you know, they're hiding. They're right. They fell through a, a trap door in the stage. Batman is like literally around the corner, like, <laughs> but he's stealthy. Where did she go? They're in the middle of fucking nowhere. How far could she have gone? 
She's like behind the rock. In that explosion there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, she, uh, she dug a hole in the ground. And... <laughs> no, but then like Toph, I feel like, would be able to find her. Wait, yeah, yeah. Wait, okay, yeah. okay. That's a big <laughs> loophole, actually. Yeah. Toph can sense a train like From miles five, away. Yeah, like five miles away. She can yeah. sense a fucking person sprinting out of a... <laughs> Oh no! That just ruined. Oh, they're my in the God. middle of the the critiques. Yeah, I want to. I want to touch a little bit on this last setting that they're at. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. So, most settings that they're in are Asian inspired in some way. It's either it's like a like a it could be any any time of like Chinese history. It could be like third century. Like yep. a, it could be a Three Kingdoms. Yep. It could be 18th century. Yep. They have a big variety. And then some of it is, yep. looks Korean. Some of it looks Japanese. Yep. This town here looked Mexican. Like they had Spanish tiled roofs. Mm. The They had these like Romanesque pillars yeah. mm. uh, on the on the houses. It was very like, this was like a straight up Wild West ghost town. Like, a, like a, some Alamo shit. Yeah, exactly. It felt, it felt like Texas, like middle of the desert, Mexico. And it's it's kind of like that thing where it's like, you know, this is a sort of a crossroads or a meeting place town. And you know that there's nothing around that for miles. You saw um, Aang fly in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how fast she is because she didn't have her lizard with her anymore. Or did she? No, she did. She, she came remember. in with the lizard, I remember. Okay. The lizards are pretty fast as well. The lizards so She could have cool. gone away with the that, lizard, but... Yeah. They had the upper hand for sure on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it made sense that she mm. retreated. Do you want to just get critiques out of there? I have a few critiques. I have a few critiques. <laughs> We're kind of jumping into it. Let's do it. Yep, yep. I think one is what you said is the biggest thing. Like, Toph couldn't, like, sense her freaking, like, leaving. But I guess you could argue that, like, you know, it's more important to worry about Iroh. I think number two is, like, again, there are times when they don't do a good job of geographical context. Like, bird's yeah. eye view context of, like... Okay, so you're telling me a bullet train, a flying bison, uh, Zuko on a <laughs> ostrich, and Iroh on foot are all <laughs> – h- how are they meeting up? And like how – like it, it makes no sense to me. It's just like – Yeah. Just uh, just b- believe it. Like I, I, that, that was a big critique of mine. I do think like Toph and Iroh's moment was a good one and it's a, it's cool that like – you know, she kind of got a bit of development through that, but it was a bit rushed and a bit forced, I think. It is. I think that is the central heart of the episode is what they talk about, though. Yes. I, so think, I, I, yes. I know that it needed to happen. Yes. It makes sense that, like, Ira was looking for Zuko, but it is it is a big coincidence that she just stumbles upon him yeah. somehow. Yeah. That's why it feels forced. And then I, my last critique is that um, I think this was a pretty lackluster fight scene as far as fight scenes go. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was very much like everyone just had different shaped beams. Blobs. It was less <laughs> about bending. Yeah. It was less creative bending wise. It was just like everyone just jumping around, shooting beams. It was like, it's like in RuneScape when you do the mage stuff. It just like. I haven't played RuneScape. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll be honest. I never played it. Yeah. Basically like all the the fight like everything just looks like a white red or blue water drop when you like shoot magic spells at okay. people yeah I, I just thought it was man like you guys have done so much more uh you covered my biggest one my biggest one is how do they all show up at the same time yeah that particularly because you know that i guess you don't know sp- the direction that 
Toph and Iroh went in. Yep. But then how did they find, how did they just stumble upon this place? Yep. You know, they, they're like, we need to find Zuko and Iroh has been tracking Zuko. So maybe he knows where Zuko is going. But then how do they catch up to him? Zuko's going really fast on this thing. That, yeah, that, that just all felt like too convenient for me. Yep. I wish I want, <laughs> I like Azula's little posse. Yeah. And I wish that they had more, a little bit more. Uh, they gave them, a, like, when they first were introduced, a little bit more development. I, I want there to be more when they see them. Because they really do just seem like sidekicks at this yeah. point. You know, they like, eventually these characters, like, you get to know more about them. But right now they I, they feel very static. You know what I foresee? If and when what? this becomes a live action show, the actresses that play those characters are going to be crowd favorites. Like, and they're gonna. Why do you think that? It just it's just like fun badass like uh, like characters to play, and I think um, uh-huh. there's gonna be a lot of new Asian actors and actresses hitting the scene through this show. I think. Oh, it's true. Something I want to bring up about this episode is the concept of family. Ah. This I think is the core concept of this episode. Yeah. Family and bonds. Bonds, yeah. Relationship, community, friends. Exactly. Um, you have the, like the, I think the core aspect of this episode is the strenuous relationships you see between everybody. The the final climax against Azula is sort of like a encapsulation of like, I'm mad at, at, uh, my, my loved ones in a certain way. Yep. Every one of them, like, uh, Toph is, Toph is mad at the crew because she wants to stand up for herself. But again, as you mentioned before, she has this sort of weird dependency complex where she wants to be contained and she wants to say she can do whatever she wants. But at the same time, she allows herself to be um, stomped on in a way. Zuko and Iroh, for the first time, they're suggesting that they have they both have a dependency on each other. I've I like kind of forgot about this, but it's like Zuko. Um, you already know that like he's relying on Iroh emotionally and like he kind of he very quickly mm. loses his way without him. Yeah. But now you, like I started thinking about, oh, also Iroh, he doesn't have any like now that he's forsaken the Fire Nation, he he has his simple pleasures. He has his like carefree way of life. Yeah. But his his main goal in life right now is to try to steer Zuko on his path. And when he doesn't have him there. Yeah. What does he, he do? He also is. Yeah. He's confused. That's a great point, man. They need each other. Toph at the end, as she leaves, says that too. Is like, maybe you should tell your nephew that you need him too. Yeah. And like you, he definitely says like, Zuko, I love you. Like all these sort of things, yeah. but not in that sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) He didn't object when they left. He said, We need to go separate ways. There wasn't this moment of, like, no, I I need you here for me. Yeah. It was more of, like, oh, I don't agree with it. That's not a wise decision, Zuko. Like, that kind of, that's a, it's it's a different way of communicating a similar, yeah, man, similar want of Iros. Yeah. I mean, thematically, I think that this is a dank ass episode, but I, it just, execution wise, I feel like it didn't, hit for me as hard because through quarantine through being isolated through moving a lot for me like i've been thinking about these kind of themes a lot of like i like to think that i'm super independent and i and i am and i like need to be Mm -hmm. very independent like zuko or like toph but like i also like toph has have this weird complex about like oh yeah you're allowed to just 
share resources and help and like yeah um those kind of things so i i, I feel like i i feel like the part of the reason that i'm being like me like crank about this episode is that i can sense that i love the theme but because it like scratched the itch but then not fully yes yeah i get you yeah. you wanted more out of what because it's important what they're talking about and relevant yes and you know mm. I, i'm sure they'll come back to it i i guess like azula's not really a part of it but like the uh toff with the ang- rest of the gang and then zuko with the uncle dynamic you know it's like there's a lot there i think toff obviously still you know obviously has daddy and like parent issues and you know thinking about my parents i feel like what you said about iro resonates a lot of like my parents like do not like the last thing they want is to feel like a burden on me or for me to like not do something fully or like pursue something I want to do fully because I have them in the back of their mind. But on the other hand, like I could potentially have a stronger, better relationship with them if like they were also vulnerable and like communicated their needs as it relates to me as well. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of family parental Iro shit there. He's the only one that's willing to do that. Obviously, Fire Lord Ozai is not going to say, oh, yeah, say that to Zuko. Yeah, that's beyond. You know? You know. But his mother, too. His mother is Yeah, what happened clear. to his mother? Zuko, what happened I, to his mother? Oh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Uh, let's, uh, I think, speaking of that, though, predictions. Ooh, yeah. Let, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. happening? To, what's going to happen to Iroh? Prediction. So Iroh, it's left unclear like if he's like dead or dying or whatever. Oh, uh, I think it was also stupid that like Katara's a healer and that Zuko was like, get out of the way. Um, yeah. Like, he why wouldn't know you? That, though. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. like, I can help. Um, yeah. Fine. Um, Iroh's not going to die is my prediction. Okay. And I'm very confident. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll be laughing next episode if I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> but I, I think Iroh could be a character that, you know, dies towards like the middle or end of season three because like you know he is older and he is someone that i think is willing to die for a greater cause or like for zuko or like something so i and like i can totally see him dying like a like who dies like luke no uh 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 qui-gon jinn obi-wan obi-wan both of them Uh, yeah both of them like die kind of like noble like like meaningful deaths, right? Like mm-hmm. um, if you're an anime fan, like Jiraiya from Naruto. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Missed the reference again. Yeah, like this is for the this is for the listeners. Snape. I'm just dropping spoilers here. Oh, like, Snape. Okay, I knew yeah, that. Snape. I recognize that one. Like all very meaningful deaths. Noble right? death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like that's the way Iroh's going to go. Obvi- like they're not going to kill Iroh because uh, – you know, Azula Houdini over here, like, was going to, you know, fart her way out of this fucking fight. You know, so I think he's definitely going to be alive. Yeah. He has more story to him. I agree. Yes, yes. How about Zuko? Uh, well, Zuko got a cute little haircut. So that was nice, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. Maybe maybe this uh, this almost losing Iroh is going to knock some sense into him. Mm-hmm. Or he's going he's gonna to need to, like, incubate and, like, thrash emotionally for another episode or two. But... I think they, if if Zuko finally decides to like grow up and like define his own way, define his own path, I don't think based on this episode he's there yet. But maybe in the next episode, like Iroh will really, they'll really dramatize like him almost dying, and that'll okay. maybe push him over the edge to like 
rise above Phoenix out of the ashes thing, but mm-hmm. I think he has a ways to a little bit to go before he fully gets there, fully manifests the gotcha. man he is meant to become. Okay. And gang, again, they they ended the ep- they don't usually they either do a cliffhanger or they do a nice little resolution. So I, this is they an episode end where where they started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was kind of an odd ending, so I I don't know what the yeah. I mean prediction is like they're just gonna go and keep have, going yeah <laughs> keep going like keep yeah. flying somewhere yeah because right now their their goal is just for Aang to learn earthbending this is essentially an interruption of that yes yes favorite scenes we talked about our uh, Toph and Iroh anything else. Yeah, I would say um, this episode did do a like a particularly good job with animation react, like almost like reaction gifts of like Toph says like, oh, yeah, 3v3. And then, you know, Sokka's like, why aren't you counting me? And like makes a face. Uh, There's one time where Katara's like super sleep, like tired and cranky and like makes this weird like (laughs) face. That was kind of funny. There's a bunch Uh of those. So that was that's one. Two is the uh, fight between Tylee and, and May. I think their names are. Tylee and May. Tylee and May versus names, yeah. uh, Sokka and Katara. And specifically the part where um, Tylee like pressure point limps <laughs> Sokka's limbs. I think, I think this is an homage. I think this is an homage to uh, Monty Python. Oh, the Black Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he is. just has at the end. He just has a leg left. One, <laughs> that's the same with Sokka. Wait, dude, that you're so right. That is such a Monty <laughs> yeah. Python night bit. Oh, I I love that. That's one of my favorite like, yeah. comedy bits. Yeah, they made that, it their own. Yeah. and like um, mm-hmm. she like he like headbutted. Uh, and that's what happens in the in the scene too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And then he flops on over there, and then later she exactly. says, "Was it just me, or was that guy kind of cute?" Yeah, um, I was like, "All right, I see what you're doing here." Yeah, Tylee, um, you, you kind of you kind of get the sense very early on, like, "Oh, Tylee's not that bad." Yeah, she's you nice. <laughs> she's nice. Yeah. Oh, third, the last one. Uh huh. The lizards. You like you like the lizards when the lizards started. Back leg hopping across the river. <laughs> I lost it, man. <laughs> I feel like that's I've seen that somewhere on National Geographic. Like Planet Earth. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was dying. That was pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Like, yeah, I feel like they just designed the scene around that. Like, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if the lizards like yeah. started running on water? How do we do that? Yeah. Okay, Sokka, we just have to make it across the river. They can't yeah. get us there. Lizard scene. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the whole whole episode. <laughs> what about you? My favorite is there's this line in the like towards the beginning that is this uh, video that I really like. That's sort of like a mashup edit. Uh, <laughs> it's the part where she says, where Katara says to um, Toph, she says, "The stars sure are bright out tonight." Too bad you can't see them. Oh my right god! Top. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's and then so after fun. that, there's this meme uh, where after that they play this audio uh, where Toph says, "Too bad your mother dead," and then it's like, "Oh my god!" Like on that, <laughs> it's not Toph saying that, but it's like a mashup of someone else yeah. saying that. Yeah, I couldn't believe she said that. 
They like they, so petty. It's surprising that they like they kind of right off the bat start of harping on like, oh, Toph is blind, but it's like not a disability for her because yeah. she sends things for miles and miles of radius. That's as cool as like they can poke fun at her because she's like, well, I'm better than you. Bogus thesis. I got a bogus thesis, man. What's your bogus thesis, sir? Yep, yep. I need to cook it up a little bit because I have cook it. Uh, know where it's going. Cook it. Stir fry. You, uh, while you, I stir fry it, add the seasoning. What do you got? Yeah, okay, okay. Ready? <laughs> yes. You know, the easiest way for world peace uh-huh. is to introduce an alien race that like threatens world peace, right? Like, How like, is that at all related to this episode? Right? So the easiest way to unite a team uh, is to have enemy. a common enemy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you know. That's a famous psychology experiment called, like, uh, Cops and Robbers or something. Mm. Like, they had all these little boys go to summer camp, and they were, like, competing. What do you call your, like, group at camp? I don't know. Cohort? Okay. Team? Yeah. And then they created, like, a common enemy and they all work together mm. proven by yeah. science to work proven by summer camp no but i mean you know that's i i don't i'm not yeah it was a, it's it's a cheap cop-out thesis but it's an easy mm-hmm. it's a low-hanging fruit one yeah you know Toph and katara having a tiff azula wants to kill both of you yeah and now you guys are working together same with zuko mm. and iroh it is it is convenient, but it works, and science agrees with it. So any criticisms of this episode are wrong. Okay, this one is bogus. All right, give me that bogus. It's very bo- It's it's very bogus. My bogus thesis is that the episode begins when Aang wakes up in the town, and that before that is a dream. Oh my god. All <laughs> right, Nolan. All right. Think about it. Think about it. Or how I'll, I'll often think is about it, it? How often is it in a dream that you're trying to run away from something and you don't know why these things that are chasing you they just keep catching up to you even though you're fast, you know you're faster than them. Appa can fly. He can go over mountains and obstacles and they're right on their heels inexplicably. How is that happening? Because they're dreaming. Because what happened is when they fell out of, when Appa was started falling and he fell asleep, when they're really tired, everybody was asleep at that point. Aang, with his hang glider, glided sleeping over to, in a semi-awake state, over to the town. Where he fell asleep and imagined or dreamt the rest of the episode, what happened. The people are woken up and decide they need to come back to Aang. Because everything else that happened, all these logical inconsistencies of how did they catch up? How did these people get here? Aang was dreaming that when he fell asleep. In fact, everybody, all these other people... They were looking for him while that was happening. And that's how they all ended up there at the same time. Dude, I, 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 God damn it, Eli. I, 
I want to shit on it, but like you kind of sold me. Fuck. <laughs> I, I came up with the last, the second half of this. Yeah. Midway through my explanation, but I think it's it stands I kinda, ground. It, I kind of buy it. I like like I. Oh wait. Th- like this I could be another, a this could be a YouTube video. Like this, you know I have I mean? another piece of evidence. Another piece of evidence. Hit me. Okay. Okay. I was gonna mention this as a criticism, but yeah. I can formulate this into my thesis. At the end of the episode, okay, so they're all they're about they're about to like be like, okay, we got you, uh, Azula. Iroh takes a glance at Toph, and he's like, wait a second, I that's the girl, that's the one I was just talking to, right? He seems confused for a second. He's like, oh, we're all on a team. This is confusing because it's like, if they were traveling together at that point, why would he be confused of what like, oh, she's here, you know? Yeah, why? they're like. But I think they went separate ways, but then ended up the same place. So it's like at the same time. So it's like, how did you, mm-hmm. what you guys walk like 10 feet away from each other the whole time? Like- exactly. Exactly. So what I think it happened is perhaps through some connection in the spirit world, you know, Iroh has a connection in the spirit world. He was able to have this like subconscious dreamlike conversation with Toph. And so he's like, I know this person. I know this person somehow. And that's why when he pauses at the final confrontation, he's like, I've seen this girl before, even though they were just talking, like, because this was also part of a dream. God damn it. You're, you're, you're taking some liberties, but like that, that, that's, I know, I know, that's pretty, that's, that's like not, not bad. That's pretty compelling because, okay, here's why I, I am compelled by your thesis. Okay. okay. A lot of the critiques I had, your explanation kind of like, it kind of explains those things. Yeah. I don't necessarily buy that like everything was real until they all fell asleep on Appa. Uh Like I almost want to believe like the whole thing was a dream. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like Aang being asleep uh, when he kind of like sits in the middle of that ghost town. Yeah. I almost want to say like, how could he not? Right. Like, Uh because he's super tired. Exactly. Right, like, how how could he not be sleeping there? Because he, he's just sitting there meditating, waiting. And uh, in terms of you saying like, Iroh probably had some sort of subconscious or spiritual knowing or familiarity of Toph. I buy that too because who had a vision about Toph before? Ang did in the swamp, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. maybe there's something there. Yeah, not bad, man. That uh, so- you delivered, dude. You always deliver with the bow guy thesis. <laughs> The Bogai Thesai. The, bo- <laughs> <laughs> Bogai Thesai. Should we just rename this section Bogai Thesai? Bogai Thesai. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. More than one. They, yeah, exactly. You know what there are more than one of? What? what? You know what? Listeners of this podcast. Oh, thank you to all you listeners <laughs> oh, out there. I don't there. know if that's true. <laughs> uh, we do. And yeah, I, I, said at it, least two. I said it last time. No, I said it last time. We checked it. We checked for the first time recently, and we're like, "Whoa, we have over three thousand monthly listeners." So we got a community out there. All right, all of y'all listening. There's, there's more of you. Trust me. I'm looking at you guys. I'm looking at those numbers. Eli, is a decent to, amount of you guys listening. I, have, I, I have to confess that uh, I, I set up a bunch of bots to uh, uh, pay. <laughs> I'm kidding, uh, but. <laughs> so we have no listeners after nah, all. Nah, nah, nah. We have. <laughs> We have like, uh, okay, go on. I cut you off, like 3,000 or something monthly. Anyway, yeah, yeah. 
that that was the, the last time I looked. But point being, thank you all very much for listening. We yeah, really appreciate you. you guys coming along the journey from us, uh, going across the Earth Kingdom with us in season two. And please uh, respond, however that may be, on maybe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Say how much you like it or how much you wish that we were better at podcasters. <laughs> Both very greatly appreciated. Yeah. Anyways, who's our, who's our sponsor this episode, Peter? This podcast is brought to you by Water Lizards. <laughs> Water Lizards. This, this podcast is brought to you by, what is that, Gecko Pokemon? Gecko Pokemon? Yeah. I don't know. The, the Ninja. Oh, Greninja. Greninja. This oh, week's Greninja. podcast... This week's podcast is brought to you by PetSmart. Come on by and grab your own water lizard that can hop through through rivers and catch your cute water boy. (laughs) And they make for a great method of transportation. Those boys are fast boys. Fast boys. Greninja. Greninja. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks again, everybody. Got any words of wisdom, Peter? (sighs) Call your mom. Call your uncle. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, they need you more than uh, they let on. <laughs>